0: We gotta start thinking like professionals. We're in business together. There's not gonna be some cozy reunion. After this job, we're done. We have three days to look and move like a team of men. The best thing we have going
1: for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. Alfonso Coretti.
0: You girls have been very busy I don't mean, I need mean, Ruby.
1: This is Brennan. I won't bite. Claire, you're the one I have to watch out for, aren't
0: you?
1: Welcome to Double Feature, podcast about twin films.
0: I'm Dan. I'm Max. Hi Dan. Max.
1: Max you doing a remote?
0: We are doing a remote. It's weird.
1: If the, if I think my sound always sounds worse on these ones. So well, I can mean, really tell.
0: Yeah, you've got so we we do record them separately. Like we each record them and then I take the two files and I put them together in post, make it make it seamless, make it pretty for the people, but I mean, you are just recording on a headset my, and my I have
1: Logitech G533 uh <laughs> shitty bluetooth is like $40 headset. Yeah. yeah, and
0: I'm I'm deep in the stew with the hundreds of dollars of equipment that we've yeah. put out for this podcast. But,
1: but you're going on vacation.
0: I'm going on vacation, so,
1: so. it's necessitated that uh we're doing this right now. So get it yeah. out a little. Nobody has covid this time, that's good. No,
0: yeah, Bobby's, we're all everyone's Bobby's healthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> healthy and happy, but <laughs> It's to you know, just uh, trying to crank one out for you guys. So
1: yeah, they love to hear us crank it out. Yeah, um, we, and we, speaking of, man, most of the time we gonna... are
0: just cranking it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tubing all day. Yeah, just uh, we're even on. We're even on video right now. We're I just do... I can see you going to town on your little meat down there, and I'm yeah, doing dude. the same.
0: I just I stay <laughs> pulling my put, dude.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is an insane intro we're doing, <laughs> um, and it's gonna get weirder because we're gonna. Uh, uh embark from tradition and we're just gonna start talking about the movies. Yeah uh, we said fuck it, dude. This is a weird one. We just finished playing D D.
0: Yeah, we, we're we trying to just get an episode out. This is how much we care about you, our listeners, our... our slop
1: for you little babies, you yeah. little piggy babies. Just
0: just so you know, we care very much about you, our six friends who listen to the podcast. Yeah. You, you I know mean, this is better are. than we just not you. releasing one, right? Yeah, I mean, what? You, would you rather not hear us talk about things that no one cares about for a week? Come probably, on. Probably, nobody wants probably that.
1: do them a favor, honestly. But anyway... Okay. We are talking this week about uh, 2018 and 2019, The Kitchen and Widows. Both are about wives of men involved in organized crime who take on their husband's work. Max, tell us about Widows from 2018.
0: I would love to tell you about Widows from 2018. Widows from 2018 was directed by Steve McQueen. Is that year again for Widows? 2018. Okay, good. Widows, the movie, 2018 it came out. Directed by Steve McQueen, uh, was kind of surprised to find out that this was his follow-up to Twelve Years a Slave. Like, what a tonally—I mean, not necessarily like tonally, because like it's Steve McQueen, it's got some tonal similarities. But like, to go from doing such like a, a heavy, kind of focused drama to this big, twisting, turning action heist thriller thing, pretty cool
1: uh I mean, this is a drama too this is a, this is a drama that the, i think the movie doesn't even want to have a heist like the heist no, is the heist, first part of the movie and the heist is so uh, secondary the the movie like doesn't even want to do it i don't think but it's an important story beat but yeah anyway, well, tell us we'll about get the movie. To that
0: yeah it stars viola davis michelle rodriguez elizabeth debicki cynthia erivo colin farrell brian tyree henry daniel Kaluuya, jackie weaver Corey, carrie coon robert duvall and liam neeson absolutely just insane stellar cast
1: great cast
0: after her husband harry rawlings liam neeson's dies during his big heist veronica rawlings viola davis is approached by crime boss turned wannabe politician jamal manning tyree henry who demands he be repaid the two million dollars her husband stole from him Veronica not being in a position to refuse, and lists slash blackmails the wives of the other men who were killed in the heist. Uh, Veronica, now along with Alice, played by Elizabeth Debicki, and Linda, Michelle Rodriguez, set out to complete a job that H- Harry had detailed in his notebook that will net the women $5 million, more than enough to pay the debts and live happy lives. The three women all employ their unique set of skills as a web of intrigue unravels around them. It has a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 91, an audience rating of 61, which I found... I thought was pretty low. I know a lot of times there's a lot of like good as shit disparity a lot of times between like critic ratings and audience ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, which is always like pretty surprising to me. Outside of like big Marvel slop fests, but yeah, this movie is incredible. I the more the the longer I the further away from it I get, the more I love it, which is like pretty much like for me like a mark of like a really really good movie um but metacritic 84 user rating on metacritic of 6.9 it had a estimated budget of 42 million it made that back domestically and then went on to make 75 million gross worldwide
1: nice uh yeah. classic good and a bad one the kitchen fucking sucks uh, the Kitchen, 2019, directed by Andrea Burloff, starring Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, Elizabeth Moss, Domhnall Gleeson, uh, some other people, comments in there. Uh, in Hell's Kitchen, 1978, we follow three women, married to members of the Irish mob, who are caught and sent to jail, unable to provide. The women take organized crime into their own hands, steadily becoming ruthless bosses, and acquiring money and power. This is all turned on its head when their husbands are released from jail, shaking up what they've created. One dies and the others backstab each other a bunch of times before agreeing to a shaky compromise in which they share power and vow to move their business uptown. Ruby had a $38 million budget and made $16 million at the box office. Uh, Meta score of 35, Metacritic user rating 4.1, Rotten Tomatoes critic at 23, Rotten Tomatoes user of 69. Somehow this has a, but that's a lower Rotten Tomatoes user score, right? Yeah, the, With, the yeah, audience. Wit- Ron, yeah, is it's it's a higher Rotten Tomatoes user score than uh, Widows, which is insane because Widows is great and the kitchen fucking sucks. It's <laughs>
0: it's like barely a movie in my Dude, mind. Okay,
1: so you you found out, and then I found out when it uh, the title's dropped or whatever. This is based on a DC comic. Yeah. Um, I did not go like look up tried more to, about it. Yeah, I mean, there's so much bullshit in this movie that doesn't need to be there. The movie never gives you time to breathe. Like I'll I'll talk a lot about when a movie's bad, it usually just feels like it's wasting your time. Um like a scene is overly long for no apparent reason. In this one, so much stuff is happening that there's never there never feels like any stakes because they're just brushing past everything. There's never a moment to sit and breathe with characters, care about the. Like, it really, really wants you to care about these characters, but just like on the basis of them being the main characters and the movie saying they're important, but you never have time to enjoy everybody. There's like. <laughs> Domino Gleason gets all, is so upset because Elizabeth Moss dies later. I'm like, I don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, like, we barely know her. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, what. The- so. I, I do last episode I did say I'd go look up some stuff. So I just pulled up a little page here and honestly this confirms for me what I thought based on like the feeling of the movie and the pace of the movie. Uh so the kitchen comic was uh published by Vertigo uh in twenty fifteen. It ran from January twenty fifteen to August twenty fifteen. It had eight issues created by Ollie Masters and Ming Doyle. But eight issues. That's it. So when we were done with it, and I think we were talking about this before you had seen it and you came over to record our last last week's episode, was that I kind of mentioned that it it feels like they just said, oh, well, this is based on a comic. We have to get every single part of the comic in here. And like, they just crammed it in there because that said like every scene feels like it's just like like you could probably break this movie down into like 10 minute chunks. And like every 10 minutes is the entirety of like one of the issues of the comic or something like that. And now that I see that there's only eight issues of it, like it's pretty clear that they were just like, we got to get it all in here. it's like, we're not going to edit this down for anything. We're just going to do this entire comic in this like insane pace. Cause we got to squeeze it all in there. And uh, um, the, the movie sucks because of it.
1: Yeah. I just knew this was like, Uh, what if we did a crime movie but starring ladies? And it has all of the worst aspects of that. Um, It's trying to make some sort of female empowerment message while portraying uh, only despicable criminal characters. Um, But then they're still like, oh, remember, this is girl power, right? Instead of the second movie, which is just a good movie with female characters. So it almost feels like uh, they're not hitting you over the head with it. It's just a good movie and the characters are women and they're good actors uh, yeah, because performing it's, well. So it's just like, yeah, this is how you do it. This is how you remind me Uh, the, the point that this movie was trying to make that women are good. Like, I fucking know that. Just make a good movie with women.
0: Steve, Steve McQueen, as a filmmaker, respects the audience and his characters enough to be able to present you flawed characters who are decent people and allow you to be able to make the decision based on what you present that like oh even though these people are flawed in their own ways like they're still good people who are like doing the best they can whereas the kitchen is like not,
1: not even good necessarily just like people
0: yeah and they're just they are protagonists so like but yeah yeah exactly but like the kitchen is like oh here are these people who are flawed and bad but now i have to show you them doing something like extremely humanizing and like be like these are good these are good people that are doing you know whatever
1: and it's just i mean we're we're comparing steve mcqueen to this woman andrea burloff who this is the one and only movie she's directed um I don't know. I don't know what she does. I don't care because this movie sucks. Don't don't really care about seeing anything from her ever again. I Um, don't know if she's gonna work again. No projects in the hopper on IMDb and stuff. I was years later. Now
0: I was gonna, you know, I was gonna say like I don't know how much of this has to like because she gets like everybody I think except for Tiffany Haddish gives like a pretty good performance her absolutely
1: only, not no way no they give, way i mean they're okay
0: so, it's not like dog shit like trash no
1: every minute of this is dog shit I <laughs> mean, melissa the mccarthy movie, is the movie, horrible yes. in the movie no the performances are bad they got the okay. director who can't direct direct them i think um i wanted to talk about tiffany haddish at some point because she has a style that Like, she's a weird actress because she always delivers these really naturalistic performances, which she's doing here, I think, but in movies that no one else is doing that. So she just looks like shit, especially in this movie. She's the one where you're like, why the fuck is she, like, not acting like everybody else is? Because fucking Melissa McCarthy, I think, thought she was, like, doing an Oscar role here or something, the amount of fucking drama she plays into this one which completely misses uh elizabeth moss has the worst agent in hollywood because she keeps making bad movies despite i think being a good actress but i mean tiffany haddish in one of my favorite movies of the year card counter uh it's a movie perfect for her like naturalistic style of acting and she's i think so good in that movie Even in this movie, what I will give her a lot of credit for is she looks so lifelike drinking a drink. It happens many times in this movie where she is drinking a drink and she looks uh, so much more like a person drinking a drink than anyone in most movies. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So the movie starts out with we just see all the husbands going off to do a job. Um, One's abusive. One's kind of a good family man and uh the other one is um i don't know there's not really anything about the tiffany haddish husband he's just some guy find out later he cheats on her or whatever but um they're going to rob a liquor store and common and another fbi agent are watching them and as soon as this starts up the movie becomes like unwatchably dark the entirety of this scene. Like, I can't see what's going on in the car with Common. I can't see what's going on with these guys outside the liquor store. I'm like, oh, this is just gonna uh look bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it it sure does. It looks bad. Um husbands go off to jail. Uh they get they get caught uh off to jail for like three years. Um we get an actress I like and she's uh my guy of the week, I guess, for this movie. There's not really one in uh margo martindale um she's cool she's uh she's like the old asshole mom like matron of the irish gang yeah
0: she's she's Um, great she's one of the better parts of the movie
1: she's the mother of um uh tiffany haddish's husband
0: she's kind of just Um, doing the character stuff that she always does
1: she she's uh my favorite role is uh uh, Ma Cox in Walkard three Dewey Cox story. She's yes, the one who says, i shaking my smell head enthusiastically. Shook. Yeah, we gonna, we gonna light us a candle tonight. <laughs> All that good stuff. Um, these guys, like, did armed robbery and beat the living shit out of an FBI agent. And they get three they get years. Three years yeah. <laughs> which is insanely light sentence. Uh, really funny to me. Um, what else happened? Wayne Duvall's in this movie as... Uh, is Larry, who's Kathy's father, Melissa McCarthy's father, <clears throat> and he's just, like, a guy I like to see around.
0: Um, yeah, and I I don't know if it's, like, during the heist. I think it is, because it's, like, we're kind of seeing them get started, and we see uh, the women and, like, how Melissa McCarthy and her husband have, like, a family. We see, like, Elizabeth Moss uh, kind of cowering from her husband because he's abusive. You know, we see these little snippets of these little vignettes of their lives to look into. And...
1: Were you doing something else? I just said all that no, stuff. No, no, no,
0: no, no. I'm, I'm, no, I know you did. I'm making a point.
1: Are you building to a point? With some
0: yeah, point? yeah, yeah. You're making uh, a
1: vignette joke, so you lost me. I yeah, just thought you weren't paying attention.
0: Uh, But during like this whole... Th- I think it's during this part is when... For Also, there are an insane number of needle drops in this entire movie. Your letterbox review touches oh on it. Oh my
1: god, dude. There's three fucking cringe-inducing uh, Fleetwood Mac needle drops, and two of them are the same cover of The Chain. And, oh my yeah. fucking god. It so, used to be one of my favorite songs, Fleetwood Mac's The Chain, and Guardians of the Galaxy so too. overused and so much bullshit that I just don't even like the song anymore.
0: So... But during this part, uh, a female cover of, a female sung cover of A Man's World, or This Is A Man's World, I, I don't even remember who does, you know, This Is A Man's World song is playing, and uh, the cover's fine, whatever, and I was like, man, this just, I was just immediately struck with the kind of like, oh man, this can, like feels like really on the nose but we were like right, so completely uninspired we, yeah right it's like this is okay cool yes like we get it i understand like immediately you know you don't have to put any thought into it whatsoever and i'm like it's still early enough in the movie i'm like okay maybe they're going for a kind of more on the nose pulpy kind of tone let's see how this plays out uh they were not going for an on the nose pulpy kind of tone or style of movie it's just the movie is just on the nose across the board on everything and not like a fun tongue in cheek or playful way. And that sucks. It's bad. So yeah, they do the crime. Go to jail.
1: You were just building to say the movie's bad.
0: Well, I mean, why I, mean, I agree?
1: I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, what? I'm not supposed um. to, we're doing a fucking podcast. I can't just be like, Oh, movie's bad. Let's move on. Um, you gotta have context and a discussion uh yeah but then so the aftermath of them going to jail is that the uh tiffany haddish's character's mother-in-law is kind of like putting she like doesn't like tiffany haddish and knows that like she's kind of just being like protected by her son and yada 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 but now another one of her kids or like another guy little jackie's yep. gonna take over
1: yeah he's crazy they go to him for help they, they- they're talking about if they're going to get jobs. Tiffany Haddish tells Elizabeth Moss, who's going to hire you besides getting hit? What other skills do you got? Which is an insane thing to say to a person in general, Uh, but it's all just setting up that Elizabeth Moss's whole character is uh, a battered woman who uh, finds power in killing.
0: Um, And all of that felt really grimy and weird and
1: yeah i mean it's really bad um the uh the guy little jackie they go to talk to him and he's like absolutely insane uh it's a horrible shot uh they like go to the gang headquarters everybody's uh hanging out they bring him cookies and then they ask him for more money and he just screams at them about how like he's on full psychopath rant but like it's such a bad like he's not even framed up properly while we're on a wonder of him at his desk. Like the desk isn't even framed up properly. And it was just like, so noticeable. Like, oh, I they just don't know what they're doing. Like cinematography wise yeah, or anything. It just looks like shit. Uh, I also wish that guy had been Michael Shannon because he's going on a scary Michael Shannon rant and kind of looks like Michael Shannon. And I'm like, oh, that's a good actor. I'd like if he was in here.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it also felt t- t- similar to me. Like the, uh, I'm running this monkey farm now, Frankenstein kind of thing, where yeah. just like he snaps completely out of nowhere. Oh yeah, he
1: kind of looks like that guy too. Yeah, you know, Day of the Dead. But it's it, like um, it's
0: it's got a very similar like feel, like his kind of just like explosion to that. It's just like oh, it just happens. There's not really like anything yeah, going on. he just on. starts freaking out. Yeah. Out of yeah. Nowhere.
1: Um so they decide they're going to start a gang themselves. They think that the Insane. Irish guys did we say this is in Hell's Kitchen? This whole maybe takes place in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, which, the kitchen. You need to get Daredevil in there, dude. Yeah, get Daredevil all right. uh, beating these guys up doing their crimes. Um so they get like a cousin and another guy some, some muscle and they start being really successful doing uh, uh protection rackets and stuff. Become more and more of a thorn in uh little Jackie's side. Um, they confront him and he's like, yo, I'm going to fucking kill you guys. Uh, and that culminates with him, uh, cornering Elizabeth Moss in an alley and raping her. Yeah. Uh, it's... Luckily that scene is, uh, very short. Uh, what happens because, uh, from out of nowhere, she just gets red mist blasted all over the back of her head. Cause, domino gleason has showed up and killed that guy he's yeah. their new muscle
0: third third time in the movie in the very short time we've been with this movie already that we see elizabeth Moss get assaulted in some kind of way uh
1: yeah beat by her husband run over by the homeless guy she tries to help
0: and then which uh, seems so like i don't know the, like that homeless scene yeah. And oh, then violently
1: just, raped. Yeah, that scene made no sense. I was just kind of skirt on by it, but yeah, we, we don't. I, I, I don't have anything just, more.
0: I like. I don't even know. I don't know why it was there. Um,
1: it's just more showing they want her to be such a pushover, which is an insane like character trait to try to apply to a legitimately like horribly abused woman. Um, we find out later in backstory that her abusive husband. Beat her while carrying their child uh, badly enough that she miscarried, yeah um horrible stuff um but uh Donald Gleason has shown up uh he's the new muscle, he's like a crazy guy, it's insane that a street tough guy in New York is played by. Donald Gleason, a uh, Irish man who is very small, <laughs> Who's not physically imposing. Yeah. And it's, <laughs>
0: by now, we've had like our third of five montages. Also, this movie is so, just montage, yeah. montage, montage, montage. Everything's a montage. Uh,
1: yeah, during... There was a Fleetwood Mac, the chain into a carry on, my wayward son. Yes. Needle dropped one directly into the other, and I'm like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Uh, and so, like, cringe needle drops. Just so. Overused and trying to take me out of something, even this that I already wasn't into.
0: At some point during the like, uh, oh, we're doing good now montage, right, right before Domino Gleason shows up because Jackie like feels the pressure. Uh they're just any exterior shot of like the three women walking around, just like strutting because they're doing a good job. Is New York, 1970s New York, is a hundred percent CGI and it looks like dog shit.
1: Yes, yeah, movie. I mean, the movie looks bad. It looks. It doesn't horrible. look good. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: um, we're gonna get at some point. We get a nice little shot of uh a callback to our Wanderers episode because we see a Catholic Italian woman who has a picture of JFK hanging up in her house. Oh yeah, so that's that where I think. That's
1: I, they go meet with her. Oh, okay. I think.
0: Um, because they do meet with the Italian mob shortly oh, after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, they, the Italians like JFK, but not as much as the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so and now that the old leaders out of the way, the gang's really theirs. Uh, Domino Gleason and Elizabeth Moss really bonding, and like the other characters, call them out for fucking, uh, but they like fully fall in love over him teaching her how to drain blood and pop the air out of the lungs to uh, drop bodies in the river.
0: I think that was like the um, one scene in the movie that I like actually enjoyed when he's kind he's of like explaining the process. Yeah, he's telling them how can, to she, uh, can she
1: do the other leg?
0: Yeah, she's like he's like telling them how to like he said, like just how to like dip, dispose of a body. But like it's like the closest thing to like a fun scene in the movie because uh, they're all just kind of like watching horrified as he's just like with ease dismantling Jackie's body.
1: Yeah, yeah um, I guess it's pretty good. Um the next kind of big thing, yeah, so they go to the uh new york mob um to i just get I get support they've had, they've grown to the extent that they've uh attracted uh the eyes of the brooklyn italian more legit guys um they join some sort of uh honor amongst thieves partnership type deal. Uh, there's a really weird scene in which uh, Marga Martindale, so uh, Tiffany Haddish's uh, uh, step-mother-in-law, Tiffany Haddish invites her out to eat, and she's just, like, talking shit. She's like, yeah, you're some black bitch. And it it culminates with them walking to the restaurant. She's like, it's closed, you fucking idiot. (laughs) And Tiffany Haddish pushes her down the stairs into the restaurant. She breaks her neck, and Tiffany Haddish just yells, Restaurants are closed on Mondays, you fucking idiot. And the is, scene was that a thing in the so 70s? so insane. Was
0: that a I thing? Don't,
1: I mean, restaurants are often closed on Mondays, but not, like, all restaurants. Right. I was, like, like so
0: confused.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, just the fact they both yell fucking idiots and such just over the top hateful ways boy howdy was it weird
0: it was it was around like this it's around this time in the movie where tiffany haddish's character's like demeanor like totally changes she just becomes like very kind of like flip switches and uh
1: they they all grow drunk with power to some extent they're yeah killing anyone who like dares threaten them whatever
0: tiffany haddish is just kind of like she's like all business emotionless just gotta get it done kind of thing uh most mccarthy's character is still trying to kind of be like the the good cop in the group the mother of the gang kind of thing and elizabeth moss is just like into killing whoever she can
1: yeah right um they uh the next kind of big thing that happens is they find out their husbands are going to be out of jail way earlier than I anticipated um, the husbands get out of jail and immediately threaten what they've built because, uh, uh, Elizabeth Moss's husband is super, uh, controlling and possessive and, uh, pissed that she's now with Donald Gleason and has left him. Uh, that culminates with him. Uh, he, he starts beating on her and she shoots him dead. Uh, and she like baptizes herself in the river as she drops his body off. Um, whatever. Uh, the, um, Tiffany Haddish's husband. She's like, you've been cheating and stuff. We, you, I'm running this gang now. Fuck you. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband. She's just like, he, he's just jealous that he got left out. Um, so they decide uh, to go to the, uh, somebody put a hit out on all of them. I think yeah, um, everyone it seems like their own people. So they hire the New York guys to, uh, clean the house and just kill everybody. Um, including uh, Haddish's husband, who she's now separated from all the guys who like weren't loyal to them in their organization and whatnot.
0: This, um, there's another line in the scene where they go to the talk to the Italian mafia to see kind of what the deal is that I actually liked. They kind of like meet them at a bar or something. And the this guy mentions, Oh, you know, so-and-so asked me to kill you. And I think it's Melissa McCarthy who'd respond. My cousin asked an Italian to kill me, and the the hitman goes, "Actually, I'm Greek." And then another guy behind the bar just chimes in, "He's not an associate of ours." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's actually kind of like just this, this, this weird, goofy little scene.
1: Yeah, this dumb fucking Mick is just asking <laughs> any great, vaguely Mediterranean guy to do a hit. Um, I
0: just like, didn't expect just like a legitimate just joke to come out of this movie because it's so weirdly yeah, that was pretty funny i forgot
1: about it Uh, and because like
0: the guy even like delivers it funny he like perks up he's like like excited to be able to tell somebody about himself he's like actually i'm (laughs) greek
1: (laughs) greek pride baby hanging out in astoria probably i don't know um while everybody's clearing house they need to stay safe and whatnot and uh the guy that melissa mccarthy didn't want hit because she thought he was blood and he was loyal uh he busts into elizabeth moss's house uh she shoots him she thinks dead uh he's still alive long enough to shoot her Tom gleason kills him but uh, elizabeth moss is dead so yeah because huge rift forms because
0: who do we need to kill the woman who's been just beaten the entire movie
1: insane choice. Uh, I assume that's got to be from the comic book, but yeah. uh, still insane to me. Um, also, probably doing the best job acting here, um, <laughs> despite the acting not being very good, and the uh, movie <laughs> being bad overall. Um, she was becoming a full-fledged psychopath, though, so maybe <laughs> it was better, but uh, develops a rift now between Tom Gleeson, uh, who's blaming Melissa McCarthy for Uh, elizabeth mussel's death um they do some really weird female empowerment thing where melissa mccarthy is just like doing multiple speeches in a row about being a woman and it's what i was talking about in widows it's just like you don't have to do this when you just make a good movie with good women characters good female characters yeah i
0: mean it's it's the concept of show don't tell like if you've if you just spent the the previous 90 minutes like effectively showing us female empowerment and not just presenting events on screen you wouldn't need melissa mccarthy to go on a fucking monologue about how women need to be empowered
1: um the the wife of the italian mobster keeps just pulling her aside to be like I actually think you're so good for standing up to these men. It's like, okay, who even is this character? Shut up. (laughs) Um, the first time we've seen uh, her in
0: the entire movie also.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She just shows up to say, hey, I'm the Italian mob boss's wife. I think you're doing good. It's like, what? Okay. Um, Whole big thing happens where um, uh, Melissa McCarthy's husband takes their kids. He tells her to watch the kids while she's doing something. She tells him to watch the kids while she's doing something. Um, he takes them to meet up with the Italian guy to try to make a deal so he can get the power back. Uh, she's like, you brought my... She's like, you don't know this, man. He could have killed our fucking kids. And the Italian guy's like, yeah, I don't need this guy. I only deal with you. Uh, so she uh, like agrees, uh, just gives her husband to the Italians to murder uh, so he's dead now, too. We've got zero surviving husbands yep. from the uh, original inciting husbands. Um, there's this late reveal that uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish was working with Common, the FBI agent, who's crooked. They're fucking... Never established
0: at any point. It, the only time we see anything leading to this is when Tiffany Haddish reveals it.
1: Right. It's, um, the whole, it's yeah. insane. She reveals that... She set up their husbands in the first place. Um, Common killed his own uh, other agent for some reason, I guess. Um, Been feeding them information, whatever. Whatever. So that's the big rift now between uh, Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish. Um, All comes to a head. They decide they're going to go hit some guys up for some money together. Melissa McCarthy understands she's walking into a trap because in the back room it's just Tiffany and Domino Gleason he's there to kill her, um but she brought the whole town, including her dad, who hates violence with he has a sledgehammer and they decide to let Domino Gleason go, and uh Tiffany haddish and Melissa McCarthy decide uh uh yeah yeah, we're just going to continue working together even though we don't agree. And then, uh, the chain plays again and the movie's <laughs> over.
0: And, oof, it's Anything,
1: anything we missed? Anything important here? No, and, and like,
0: I think just like to summarize like my main and like only real issue, which is just so pervasive through the whole thing, is just like. The movie has no interest in doing anything other than broad strokes because it, for some reason, feels like it needs to tell every single aspect of the comic it's adapting. That it we we end up just getting nowhere. Like you don't know who any of these characters you have are. No
1: time to care about any character at any point.
0: You don't know why they're doing any of the things they're doing because we don't know their motivations in any way. It's just things happening on screen because the movie needs to move forward and here we are going and doing the movie and uh it's it it sucks it's it sucks to see that that's what people are doing these Uh days it's it's what we get uh,
1: these when they're making these really bad like we're doing blank but with women like, it feels like a hop. Like, these female empowerment <laughs> movies are setting women back in some way, because it's, it's so fucking bad. I haven't seen Lady Ghostbusters, but from what I understand, it made so many people mad that it existed, and then it came out and it was just a bad movie. Uh, like, fuck, man. Like, and then cut, cut to Widows, a good movie that just happens to be about women, and that doesn't matter. They're not hitting you over the head with it. It's just
0: a good movie with women in it. Yeah. Let's take it we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and talk about widows.
1: Uh-huh. Okay guys, Come on. Go. Double feature, double feature, double
0: feature, double feature.
1: feature, feature,
0: feature Alright, we're back. Double we're talking about a much better movie, Widows. From Damn the year twenty eighteen.
1: This cast is so stacked. All right,
0: before we get into that, I want to, and maybe if, if you can think of another one, cool, that'd be great. If not, uh, maybe I'm just talking out my ass. Maybe we have. But I was kind of struck while watching Widows about how similar these like broad strokes plots of these movies are, where it like literally felt like they like had the same like concept and then went away and did the movie. And it like, it was just like, while I was watching Widows, I'm like, Oh, I'm just watching like the good version of the kitchen. like They're not like identical movies by any stretch, but like, this is like, they're close enough where it literally just feels like Widows is just a good version of the same movie.
1: Yeah. You could give elevator plot synopsis for both movies and, they would sound identical and then in practice they're absolutely nothing like yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, big, big spoiler this movie's good it's
0: so good it was <laughs> <Yeah, this movie laughs> great if you if, if that wasn't clear by how we were talking about it hold on i gotta get yeah. my notes out because i was i actually i did, took paper notes because i was watching this at work I had to work this, over this is one of the
1: best movies we've watched through the pod in yes a, a while at least at least a month I, or so, probably since uh probably since, uh, whatever we called December.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's whenever,
1: whenever I guess when we did like Dr. Love, it was probably my favorite movie since we did like Dr. Love.
0: I think it's one of the best movies I've watched this year. Um, I'm upset that it took me this long to see this. I'm upset that more people don't talk about this movie. Um,
1: I wonder if that's just be- like, because of the twin movie effect, Like, oh, yeah, that's another one of those uh, female uh, organized crime movies that's coming out. I heard that was bad or whatever. I don't know. This movie rules.
0: Yeah, it it was great. It was, uh, like, really good. I was very engrossed. I think, uh, you know, sort of opposite from the kitchen, every single person just gives, like, an insanely good performance. Like,
1: there's so many good actors in this movie that we literally waste John Burnfall.
0: He's in like, like one scene.
1: One scene barely in it. Uh, uh piece of shit and I could tell, man. I want to see more of that character. He is a piece of shit character because we see that it, it just in that brief moment, he's abusive to his uh uh girlfriend, uh Alice played by Elizabeth Debicki. Um but uh man john was great i could tell he was fucking swinging at something with this one and unfortunately has no screen time uh liam neeson huge get in this movie i feel like and he's in also like four scenes barely in it yeah uh i mean big spoilers incoming he dies at the heist at the beginning he's not really dead we find out later in the movie it's yeah. big kind of it's not a twist movie it's not a big twist, but it's,
0: it's just the progression of the plot that it was all yeah. like a setup, whatever.
1: It, it it's like the twist of the movie if you're just describing it that way, but it's not like a twist movie. Yeah, coming back is not a twist.
0: know um, I wanna give a shout out to uh I mean Michelle Rodriguez has had like an insanely successful career. I I always find her to be a little stiff in movies and not she's not really like the best like emotive actress in the world she kills this movie she's so like fima queen gets such a good such a good performance out of her i think there's like there was maybe like one line in the movie that i was like oh that's the michelle rodriguez i know and love like just kind of like stiff and flat but she's very good in this everyone's very good in this
1: yeah so i mean she's always supposed to play like a tough stoic character Mm -hmm. so it's tough sometimes she does that well obviously but uh yeah, I agree she can feel stiff definitely sometimes and here she feels I mean alive like a normal person uh when we first meet her is uh, her arguing with her deadbeat husband cuz uh um he's like wasting her money that she's using on her dress store that she clearly cares about um big big thing I want to point out uh Liam Neeson in this movie is uh, married to Viola Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, the f- very first scene of the movie is them kissing uh, Liam Neeson, uh, known racist. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, uh, very strange to see him in that context. Very strange to me that the uh, the movie opens with him uh, kissing a beautiful black woman. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're just in love in some way. There's some sort of darkness hidden, which we'll find out later um elizabeth debicki one of the most beautiful women alive uh i got ecstatic when i found out she was doing like a brooklyn-ish accent for some reason i guess maybe it's a chicago accent because this is a chicago movie but she just sounds like she's doing like a brooklyn thing, new yeah. york accent for some reason um,
0: um
1: yeah so let's i mean first and foremost what what a beautiful wake up that the cinematography here is like incredible like really really good yeah yeah. like the movie the movie looks phenomenal not cgi goop everywhere uh real thing shot well yeah dude Um, shout
0: out to sean bobbit the cinematographer on this one
1: crushing this one man there was there was one scene i really like that uh uh like stuck with me the weird way it was shot is um after colin farrell is doing the um uh his little like promo rally thing um for like women businesses mm. um he gets all upset because he's uh he's been asked by a reporter to like elaborate on some things and um, he gets into his car and he's being driven away and for some reason the camera is placed on the hood of the car and it's looking back it cuts on either side but it's on the hood looking back so you never see the characters in the car you see the driver a little bit but it, you just hear him yelling at his assistant about if she's ever uh, slept with a black guy because he wants to know how big black guys' dicks are and stuff. Really weird scene. He's going crazy, but uh, the way it was shot was so interesting. I
0: thought uh, it definitely was interesting, um, but it it felt very disjointed to the movie. I want like i I found myself wondering if this was like a reshoot thing or like a scene that was added very later because there's no until we see colin farrell get out of the car uh it very easily could have just been a rented car driving around chicago while they did voiceover in a studio somewhere and um
1: i mean even if they needed to they hit it with style so
0: yeah, they Signed I mean me. they did. Yeah, it's it's covered up in like in a way, but like I wonder if it just like I I think and I think the whole point of it was to just to kind of like give Colin Farrell's character a little bit more depth cuz he ends up going on a monologue kind of about like the two different Chicagos and how, you know, yada yada yada, a bunch of different stuff and they're kind of like driving you know through like the south side of Chicago in the early part because that's where his like ward is going to be and his like initi like uh female business owner initiative thing is. And then once they get into kind of like the nice side of Chicago or the, the nicer side as the movie would want you to like see it in for this scene is, um, uh, the camera like switches to, we're looking over like to like the screen right side of the car versus screen left. And it's, you know, trying to show that kind of those two separate sides, I guess, but, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it is cool. So like, the kitchen we open with a heist but this one instead of just kind of watching it play out chronologically we kind of get this like back and forth of uh the 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 couples pre-heist and the heist happening kind of simultaneously so that's another way the movies are similar um and it ends with a big ass explosion and all the people yeah heist goes
1: bad they all die the car explodes the SWAT team's been busted out mm-hmm. fucking kills the shit out of them um, I think we cut from that into uh, Colin Farrell talking to his dad and his dad like saying you can't let n words around the town his dad's been the alderman uh, for like 30 years they, they uh, are, like their family
0: ward. have been the aldermen's of these wards for yep. like insane amounts of time and
1: he's up for election uh against uh uh is it brian david tyree With, uh, what two first names does he have <laughs>
0: david tyree henry or no B- brian okay. tyree henry sorry
1: brian tyree okay yeah i was <laughs> we're getting three names all mixed it's, up there. I, I was yeah. at least uh, brian uh, tyree henry. from atlanta
0: yep paperboy
1: yeah. um oh he, do you mean
0: uh, uh crumpo from marvel's Irreversibles uh, or whatever. What is yeah, Eternals? Fetso Fetso.
1: Fetso. <laughs> um, uh the podcaster from Godzillaverse Kong. <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, this guy needs a new agent, man. He's he's great in this, he's great in the I, good stuff he's in, he's great on Atlanta. I would I would uh, say he doesn't need
0: an a- he his agent's doing great, dude. His agent's making him so much money.
1: I guess man. It's, <laughs> there's more life than money. Don't be in this stuff. Don't be in a one scene in the Joker. Uh, please or get that back, man. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah, his right hand man is a guy we love at the moment. Daniel Kaluuya, uh, I, who is like I, a I said standout it in, star in this movie. I
0: said it in my letterbox review. I'm going to say it again here. uh, Daniel Kaluuya is just every single time I see him perform, he just further cements himself as not only one of my favorite actors of all time or right now, but I think one of the great time. Yeah. He's insanely good. He's so good in everything. Uh, I think he's one of the greatest working actors like on the planet right now. If, if you want to get a good performance out of the, out of a character, give it to daniel kaluuya he'll do it
1: um yeah he's he's going so he informs uh paperboy that they're uh they some money that uh belonged to them got exploded and uh it was this rival gang um uh our liam neeson's crew is all dead now um we we have them uh, squaring off against Colin Farrell like hey I'm for the city. It's like yeah man but I like I've always run this like not going to work out for you. Colin Farrell just shows up to cool guy him. Um, what, what what happens next? Daniel Kaluuya it's or, uh, uh uh Tyree shows up uh to Viola Davis's house to threaten her dog and say hey your husband
0: your husband owes me money so now you owe two me money. million
1: dollars so yeah. yeah you gotta liquidate your assets and you got two weeks to pay it's me like, I, don't, I don't care
0: uh, that he's dead you owe me this money like you're gonna get that money for me uh, so uh, then yeah viola davis goes and blackmails uh michelle rodriguez and elizabeth debicki being like uh if my husband owed money it's because he was working with your husband so you guys also owe money but
1: yeah we have a whole thing where she's like reluctant at first she finds his uh notebook detailing the next job um kept like intricate notes and stuff she goes to investigate that at a bowling alley finds out like hey these are dangerous people you don't want to mess with them you need to get them paid whatever and uh she yeah decides the wives are going to get together these are the only people she can trust uh, because they're in it just as deep as her in some way also need money and everything um so they're going to do uh Liam Neeson's next job and uh yeah that's what they all decide to do um that let's see the be before that earlier I wrote down a note still on Daniel Kaluuya I wrote down Oh, Daniel Kaluuya is hard, all capitals. When uh, <laughs> um, he's uh, asking what happened to the guys who are guarding um, the money that was stolen, it's such uh, a good they, fucking they, scene. It's it's so good. They're in a uh, like a indoor basketball gym, and uh, he's like, "I heard you was rapping when uh, when uh, they came up on you, whatever." He's like, "Do that for me. Show me. Tell me. Show me what you were doing." And he just has these guys rapping. And then just gets in the one guy's face, shoots him in the head. The other one turns to run. He yells at him to run, and then shoots him in the back. Tells the other guys to clean it up and walks away. It's just so, so sick.
0: But like the way he, the way he like moves his body in that scene, he is like he's, yeah, he's he's significantly. I, I'm not doing the
1: scene service. It's he's so good. He's so significantly
0: good. smaller than the two guys. He's like intimidating, but even though he's got like all of his boys with him, and like they're there to you know kill these guys. But when he makes the guy go, it's just like the guy starts rapping and he just kind of like he, he's like in his, like in him. He like gets like right underneath this guy's like chin, like looking up at him. They're like standing chest to chest. It's like you could not be any more like close to a person and it's just to like just straight big dick him and just be like you like you're not in control of this at all.
1: That sets off, Daniel just has a terrifying presence the rest of the movie. Yes. We mostly see him as kind of a specter, just kind of shadowing Viola Davis, just like following her around, seeing what she's up to. Uh, he sees her go to the bowling alley for information. Uh, he comes back there in the other insane, his scene, where he walks up to the, uh, the associate of Liam Neeson's that she had talked to, um, trying to get information about the, the book and the plans and everything that she has uh, just walks up to this guy in the wheelchair, immediately stabs him in the chest with like a paper cutter or something. And then just repeatedly is just stabbing him multiple times in his paralyzed legs and in his chest and stuff. Uh, as he crawls down the bowling alley, he lays on the ground in front of him at one point, just face to face, like looking at him and talking to him Uh Smashes the wheelchair before walking away, saying, "You're lucky I got a no kill order right now." Yeah, and, well, oh, fuck
0: and man. when he's like stabbing him too, he's like he starts like stabbing him because he like stabs him in the legs, like pushes him out, you know, pushes him out of the wheelchair, like he said, stabbing him in the legs, and then he's like he says something along the lines of like, "Oh, you paralyzed from the waist down." Let's see if it's the chest down. Stabs him in the arm and like gets a reaction out of him and just like, "Oh, that he, hurts, doesn't it?" Yeah, it's like just the like little things he does in each of the scenes to like, you know, whether it was improv or scripted in there or what have you, is just like it's all those like little extra things in there that just make the character so scary. Right.
1: Um, he uh, it, shortly after he goes to interrogate uh, Bash, who was uh, Liam Neeson's driver and he's uh, been driving Viola Davis around helping her out terrifying uh, just bust into the house eight guys deep guy just calmly sits down knowing what's up he's played by Garrett Dillahunt he's really recognizable that guy is in this movie a little bit too much um but I mean recent fairly recently we talked about him he's the like cop CIA whatever guy that goes in in Army of the Dead um from last year um shitty movie he's pretty shitty in it but he's yeah, he, a guy I like he's to see sometimes.
0: he's worked with Steve McQueen a couple of times uh as well
1: Oh, he was in, um, we talked about him also in, he might've been my, that guy for the road. Uh, cause he's, uh, like the first like marauder that they come upon. And, uh, oh. uh when, uh, Viggo Mortensen's uh, telling him, um, uh, like what will happen in his brain when he shoots him, like when the bullet enters it and stuff. Yeah. Um, that was a really cool scene. Yeah. This guy also. So yeah, I do like, I like to see him sometimes. Uh, but uh he holds it down he doesn't give up any information uh kind of weirdly funny because uh uh when he doesn't give up the information daniel kalua just walks over and sits down like turns on the game and you immediately hear the horrible sounds of all the guys jumping on him at once one of them says what, it, what i thought was a weirdly kind of funny line in this setting he says give that motherfucker a two-piece spicy and then you can yeah. like stomp more and stuff and then somebody says and no biscuit yeah there, like, there's,
0: <laughs> there's a couple of scenes where we hear like um like at at a couple of different points like uh the women are getting like cat called um while they're like kind of going about their like business on stuff and uh a lot of those are like kind of funny it sounds like they're just like ad-libbed like 80 yard lines in there because you never see the people saying it and uh uh, there's a couple like other kind of funny lines and stuff um Um, but yeah we see the the ladies got their plans going through and stuff
1: viola davis is like cracking the whip Mm -hmm. making everybody do their jobs uh elizabeth debicki is comically like going to buy guns she pretends to be a uh a mail-order bride who's being abused and barely speaks English and needs guns. So she gets this like big butch mom lady at a gun show to help her buy guns. She's got some guy telling her what, uh, getaway van to buy it an auction. And then the, the scene just kind of cuts when, uh, he's like, Oh, where are we going to celebrate? Uh, you buying it. The scene just kind of cuts out and then cuts back in. Cause she can't try. She's like, she uh, drive. she's yeah. paying, she's paying for the van. She says, can I have this delivered? The woman amused says, ma'am, this isn't hove, <laughs> uh, Viola Davis has to come pick her up because she can't drive. Uh, and they were planning her as the dri- getaway driver. Um, that's fun. that's really uh, fun. Michelle Rodriguez is busy trying to figure out where the building is that they have plans for. So she's like going around. She has this weird moment where she goes to talk to a widower of the woman who made the plans. And uh, they cry it out together uh because they've both experienced loss uh good scene it's kind of out of nowhere it doesn't really fit with a lot of the rest of the movie but adds it's a good enough scene on its own and gives some nice depth and range uh from michelle rodriguez yeah we we, Um, like like seeing it even though didn't really serve the narrative I don't think
0: um I, th- I think a lot of these scenes kind of just show like we're kind of like getting like stuff set up but I think a lot of the scenes where we have because like Viola Davis is doing a lot more stuff kind of like behind the scenes during this part of the movie and we're, we're mostly with Michelle Rodriguez and um Elizabeth Debicki during these parts and I think part of that is just kind of just show like that Elizabeth Debicki's character Alice is Kind of very naturally taking to a lot of these things, which was like another similarity I saw with the kitchen where it's like Elizabeth Moss's character is like, Oh yeah, I'll just do criminal stuff, I'll kill all kinds of people, whatever who gives a but, shit, and Elizabeth Vicky
1: no, is easily Elizabeth Moss but good, yeah she's yeah.
0: she's like taking to it very quickly, like she's getting excited about the car auction, she like on the fly comes up with this scam to get guns bought for her um she's earlier in the movie her mother uh played by um what's her name
1: uh jackie weaver
0: uh suggests that she become a escort and she goes and does it and she meets this guy played by lucas haas who like it is like a uh like engineer or like a uh architect of some kind so like she gets in like with it she like actually they like form like a very nice relationship and she's like kind of like falling for him or like at least likes him a lot. And then they have like a falling out that doesn't really like go anywhere, but
1: they have a falling out because she comes to the realization that once again, she's just becoming like a kept woman. Yes. She's not living her own life. She's allowing a man in her life to dictate her well Um, she's been there before and, uh, Uh, confronted with this she finally has a moment where she stands up for herself uh, at the end and it's great yeah i don't have to hit you over the head with it it's just oh this woman's found empowerment in her own interesting way and it's good because i care about the character um also gotta say insanely jealous of that man who plays her sugar daddy or whatever lucas haas he's a short king even though even though he does not uh, actually get Elizabeth Debicki in real life, even for that brief moment. Uh, He gets to touch her boobies Mm. when uh, they're having a uh, lovemaking scene, and I was incredibly jealous. Uh, Big crush on her. uh, Lower depth. She's probably taller than me. She seems freakishly tall in a, (laughs) uh, like, ethereal way. Uh, I feel like she doesn't walk. She glides. Um, Damn, she's love Elizabeth Debicki. She's becoming, she becoming a she is, huge crush of mine. She's um, taller yeah, than me. Yeah, definitely you. taller than me. But um I, I I would look up to this woman any day of the week.
0: But uh you know, Elizabeth Debicki is able to Alice is able to use this relationship she has with this guy who has like insider knowledge to figure out where the building is. Uh but like meanwhile the like the converse of that is um that linda michelle rodriguez's character is struggling with all of these things uh like she's got her kids who she can't really find like has to like find time and a babysitter which is we bring in um uh cynthia arrivo's character who ends up being their driver later on she's
1: great in this movie too. she's
0: phenomenal she uh some uh very good movie running she runs a lot in this movie.
1: Oh yeah, she she runs great. She runs fast as fuck too. Yeah,
0: um, she does some parkour, which is cool. All uh, that. But yeah, no, like it's just, but like Linda's having a hard time. She's having a hard time balancing this like new secret life she has. She's having a hard time dealing with the death of her husband. She's just struggling. So we kind of see like the two flip flip sides of uh, She's these two women.
1: out outwardly more strong, but in these moments of turmoil, is. Uh, realizing how vulnerable she is
0: yeah so um we know we know where the building is now and it's uh colin farrell's dad's house it's robert duvall's pad um i think somewhere along the way we find out that liam neeson is still alive
1: yeah so incredibly important stuff happens finally the fourth widow from the job uh shows up and talks to viola davis she goes to her house to uh when they're they need a fourth driver still they need that fourth member a driver still um and bash is now dead um so she goes to see if she could be the driver the dog uh reacts in such a way um that and she finds liam neeson's flask and realizes uh i thought this was I I thought this was just a reveal that Viola Davis finds out that, like, his scent was there and finds out that he was having an affair with this woman. Because she opens the door and I thought she was the the other woman. I thought she was, like, also talking to the memory of him. But then cut to next scene and he's on a boat talking to Colin Farrell about how their job's going wrong and stuff. And I'm like, oh, Liam Neeson's just alive. And then we explained the whole thing where he set up the whole thing, uh, in exchange to run off with the money. And so he could run off with, uh, this other woman, um, which is, uh, I don't know. I didn't really need this whole extra arc, but whatever it's in there. It's fine. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe part of the weaker thing is the reveal of Liam Neeson. Um, somewhere around that time we get really needed backstory because, um, we're seeing like beautiful like uh, mornings in which uh Neeson and Viola Davis are like loving each other and stuff but you can tell there's like a darkness underneath. At one point uh they say something about she's like mad at him and he says something like um something along the lines of like don't let having a son be the last good thing we did or something like that. And uh, Mm. she says, well, if it wasn't me, he'd still be alive. Or so if I wasn't his mother, he'd still be alive. And I didn't understand what that meant. Still at that point, I thought maybe she miscarried or something. And uh, at some point we get the backstory that uh, he's calling his son. We're we're in a flashback with their uh, mixed race uh, uh, son. Um, And uh, he's... Liam Neeson's on the phone with him saying hey you took the car uh I have your mother's anniversary present in the glove box you have to bring it back he's like all right dad I'll bring it back whatever he Gets pulled over by the cops in Chicago black half half black kid I mean appearing dark skinned kid uh reaches for the glove box the cop immediately shoots him a bunch of times while he's still on the phone with his dad uh really conspicuous so conspicuous as to be very intentional he's shot dead in front of a giant wall of Obama change posters, uh, <laughs> which I, I, I mean, some sort of comments, Steve McQueen's, I mean, a million percent intentionally making about yes. uh, o- Obama uh, outwardly appearing as though he's for change and uh, hundreds, thousands, however many of black children are just getting killed by cops under his watch. Um, bad country. Uh, doesn't do too much of it but that wall is way too prominent <laughs> to be any sort of mistake um,
0: no, yeah. I, no Steve McQueen is uh, too good of a filmmaker to not give him the benefit of the doubt to just assume that everything in the movie right. is intentional
1: Right. 1, one, one million percent especially use, the uh, the way the rest of are... Obama for letting uh, black children be killed in
0: the streets um especially since the like the way this movie has been going like let alone the rest of mcqueen's entire career but like every this movie is so meticulously like set up and executed uh that yeah no there's no way it's not intentional
1: around this point we're kind of getting to the last like half hour mark of the movie and i was like bro they still like haven't even done the heist they've just got their team together we've still got to get the heist done and like figure out what's up with Liam Neeson still being alive in this yeah. last half hour, and uh, that's when I realized this movie's not a heist movie. It's not about the heist. It's just it's a big thing that happens in this drama about people and life and death and moving on and yeah, it's a, inner it's city a, politics and gerrymandering and a million other things. Yeah, it's
0: a it's a character drama political thriller based around a bunch of extremely flawed people uh right. doing crimes and a heist but it's like that's just right. kind of like it's that's the heist is the setting it's exactly it's yeah. not the movie it's not the point uh, a of the heist movie.
1: happens a heist happens but it's not a heist movie yeah definitely. um let's see there's a fun scene where uh uh colin farrell is telling uh robert duval his dad that he doesn't want to be like him whatever and he he basically says i can't wait till you're dead and i don't have to talk to you yeah. robert duvall just starts screaming you're such a fucking asshole just like <laughs> just screaming at him he's like we'll have this conversation later when you're less of a fucking asshole like goddamn robert duvall you're, you're going crazy with it today. Uh,
0: everybody in the movie like robert duvall also in like three scenes like
1: mm-hmm. yeah barely in it in a huge get And he's like uh, sitting
0: in a chair the entire time
1: Forgot to welcome him back to the pod after he had been on um uh Deep Impact. Yeah. Welcome back. Good guy. Guy, guy we like to see. Didn't like hearing him say the N word, but whatever his mm-hmm. character. Um let's see. Uh so yeah, they've got everything together, they've staked out the house, they've got the security code, whatever. They're gonna go steal back the laundered uh uh campaign funds and whatnot that's in um Colin Farrell's house. um They do that. Uh, probably weakest moment for me. They infiltrate the house, tase the guard, whatever. They open the safe, but this, they're putting in the code wrong, and it's like, oh, they try yeah. it. And it's like, fuck, what are we gonna do? And then the code's just upside down. It's like all the eights and nines and stuff that are sixes. And it's like, oh, Yeah, stupid. I don't had know. Had to get I mean.
0: um a little bit of extra, I guess suspense out of the scene it's yeah. it wasn't great either i, I didn't I, I
1: i just wrote down the upside down safe code was not good
0: it's not great
1: <laughs> um but then i uh, cut to they're in the uh the safe filling up bags with hundreds of pounds of money and uh they're all like realistically just like super breathing through like the respirator masks they're wearing and i'm like and the amount I'm just hearing these women just like pant and breathe. It's like adding a nice level of realism to this instead of just like flashy, uh, uh con men who know exactly what they're doing. It's, they, I mean, these are real people and they seem like real people even still in this moment. Um, they're going to get out, but, uh, they, Robert Duvall's awake and he's got a gun. <laughs> he shoots Elizabeth to Vicky in the shoulder. Um, shell rodriguez shoots him dead uh and they successfully get out um except uh the getaway car uh the driver has a gun to her head and daniel colu is in the car kicks him out they chase him down make him crash uh he dies horribly in the car very, crash very
0: shocking car crash he's like yeah his jaw that, slams into the uh like steering wheel and his head into the windshield yeah. and
1: that that extra cut that extra uh little shot there at the end of just him clearly dead it was like oh fuck man yeah it's this terrifying entity in this movie just went out that rough but
0: yeah uh, like i wonder if that was like kind of just i mean it was the only way characters like that ever kind of end in these kind of movies um but
1: yeah a character completely like violent to his core yeah, uh, dies similarly violently. I guess yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, just just, just kind of shocking image that uh, that last shot there, him just dead as fuck. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. They get to Bicky to a hospital. Um. Go back to they, they drop off the driver. Viola Davis is back at the hideout getting the cash, and Liam Neeson shows up. Uh, explains like hey I left you the book so you could sell that and clear everything up you weren't supposed to do any of this um, and he's like yeah I need that fucking money I didn't really super understand what he had going on with Colin Farrell and why he needed the money or if he's just now again trying to rip off his wife like I don't know where his two million dollars that he already stole are at this point
0: I'm not sure It it, it that was kind of like one of the weaker things like I don't know why he needed to get why he wanted to get away from Viola Davis like obviously they have just like a sort of contentious relationship um right he after blames himself their for their
1: son's death I'm sure feels as though she blames him in some way I mean I can understand why a character would want to get away and apparently he's having an affair with the other guy he works with's wife so He's going to run off with her, I guess. But yeah. Why he needed to come back for that money when he already stole them the two million. I don't He had something else going on with Colin Farrell, but I don't really understand what it was.
0: I'm not sure.
1: I, I guess I need to rewatch that scene of Liam Neeson and Colin Farrell on the boat to <laughs> hopefully suck that in better. This is a movie I'm not going to like rush to rewatch this, but this is a movie I'd like to watch again in a couple years when I uh, don't remember it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 great.
0: It's definitely worth a rewatch. It's I could highly 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 recommend it. Um
1: uh, It was great. But yeah, just last couple of scenes real quick. uh Viola Davis looking absolutely shredded in a tank top uh with the money. Yeah. Uh shoots shoots Liam Neeson dead as he's pulling a gun on her. Um gives him the gun that uh killed uh Robert duvall and uh torches the car, takes the money. Everything's all good. We hear in voiceover that uh uh Colin Farrell won the election probably for sympathy votes because his dad had just died. Um but uh what what do you make of that scene, that last scene at the diner? Um we've got everybody Michelle Rodriguez is uh uh buying her back her dress store, take care of her kids, her dream. Um the driver woman uh pays uh the woman who owns her shop, money that I mean, it's kind of rightfully hers. She had paid it to Colin Farrell, like
0: extortion yeah. money
1: almost. Um, Basically, gives her the money then, to be uh, able to
0: like own the shop outright without any sort of yeah. Uh, yeah, interest. Nice, from the but then politicians.
1: Yeah, but then we get Elizabeth Debicki goes into a restaurant and sees uh, Viola Davis sta- sitting at a table herself. Um, Devicky's just kind of like flustered uh goes on there's a really cool shot over viola davis's shoulder um we just see her from the back but then the two characters are both in separate mirrors like yeah you see them both this from the front looking it's a really really I'm cool like, oh. shot I'm like, oh my god man this is good stuff maybe <laughs> um but uh they don't speak viola davis just goes through her um she she gives like her money to she used to work the board of libraries or whatever and she just gives it to a library guy saying she was
0: like the head of the teachers union
1: teachers union okay she's like yeah just build this library use this money to build that library and uh, name it after my boy yep and leaves it at that but that all kind of just characters are all done but then they go outside and elizabeth debicki's getting her car and Viola davis says hey alice how you been or something
0: like that yeah and um it, and
1: then credits roll what do you think of that very last little bit there
0: i don't know and i like unfortunately like i had hadn't really like given it like much thought um
1: i really didn't either because it was a strange it's like a strange image and moment to end on i
0: i don't know i maybe it's something about like the viola davis's character like kind of feeling like everything is like done and like she can actually like relax and feel comfortable and happy and like
1: Be a person again yeah
0: like all of this yeah. weight everything like she's finally gotten closure on everything from like her son's uh murder and uh you know the failing relationship she had with Liam Neeson she's kind of found her own individual strength by going through all of this uh and it, I, maybe that's just her kind of like first step to being like you know i guess for lack of a better term like a real person like a real like free individual uh who can kind of like make their own friends and she was she's kind of like mean to the other women kind of throughout the whole thing because she's feeling the most pressure to kind of make it all happen she catches
1: them making fun of her for having to stick up her ass later and she just comes in and is like fucking serious about this job this is life or death motherfuckers yeah i'm gonna teach you to carry around dirt yeah, <laughs> filling Tupperwares with dirt to simulate running with the money later on. Thanks. Hey. Good. good, nice, realistic scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. I, I, it's I enjoyed great. it a lot.
1: It's a great movie. Um, yeah, I really liked it, man. I'm, I'm gonna watch some more Steve McQueen stuff. I've had, uh, his, uh, he did, uh, like a six-part series called Small Axe last year that I heard was incredible. Um, it's like six different, like, some are like 40 minutes to like an hour and a half, uh, like, kind of small, uh, vaguely interconnected, uh, I guess, anthology series or something uh, that I've heard is amazing. I've been meaning to watch it. I need to go actually watch that now. Sounds cool. Really, really makes me want to see more of his stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Rare Treat, I... I like the other people who didn't watch these movies, I think because they heard there were some bad, uh, the wives of organized crime guys do the crimes themselves movies. I wrote this movie off as well. Uh, unfortunately, so, because, yeah, I mean, what a treat this one was. The kitchen got awful and Widows was great. Yeah, yeah. So, like last week, we were talking about, like, going through the cast of this one, we were like, Wait, this one might actually be good. I think this I, one's gonna be good. And it was. <laughs> we yeah. didn't know until I, then.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I would not if you had asked me about it, I would have not really been able to give you much information about it whatsoever, other than that, like I kinda like vaguely remember when it was when both of these movies were coming out. They did release like very closely to each other. Um so yeah, I'm mean, it's what a pleasant give John surprise. John
1: Burnshall more to do. That's my only critique. Give John Burnsall more to do. <laughs>
0: he's got I think he's got like two lines in the movie too, and is like more than a half scenes
1: and he's wearing an outfit, so you know he was like he Bernthal was ready to go that's a guy who- he'll constantly like overshoot a performance and like do too much, but he also is a guy who like will absolutely steal steal scenes yes um yeah, I don't know he, I have a love hate relationship with him, I mostly love him
0: i mean he does like he's he's a guy that's like worthy of like driving a full story by himself but he does like some great character work when he just shows up as like a secondary or tertiary guy and uh, he's uh, he's fantastic
1: um a movie i surprisingly kind of liked this year not the type of movie i thought i would like at all king richard the uh biopic about the william sisters and their dad oh yeah, yeah he's their um He's their tennis coach uh, when they kind of make it big and move to Florida to train with him and just absolutely steals every fucking scene he's in. He's so good in the movie. He's playing this weird mustachioed tennis man and God, he's great. He likes to have mustaches. Um,
0: The man likes to have a mustache. I love
1: it. I love it, man. Um, Everybody in this movie fucking rules, though. This is a great movie. Go check out Widows. Don't fucking watch The Kitchen. It's so, (laughs) so bad.
0: Yeah. I mean I, I don't really have any more to add to either of those, do you?
1: I'm all good.
0: All right. Well thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at doubled feature, doubled feature on Instagram. Uh and you can send us an email. Podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow Dan and I on Instagram and Letterbox. Dan is at Danny Jankum. I am at Mac underscore dead. Thank you, Ryan, at Ryan Laser on Twitter for our theme music and Sam at Hero Institute for our logo. You can also uh, go and read Sam and I's webcomic we do together. That's uh, Nerdsday, nerdsday.com, at Nerdsday on Twitter. And uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe and leave reviews for the old podcast arena wherever you can. It helps us out. Dan any last words for the for the audience
1: uh yeah, why don't I just uh leave this on an another excellent needle drop? listen to the wind blow watch the sun rise running in the shadows cut it cut it I can already stop recording on my but cut it cut it <laughs> okay.
0: They're like the same thing. Double feature.